Welcome to the Quilter Circle Podcast. From piecing to quilting and everything in between, this podcast brings you tips and techniques from the experts and fun stories from quilters just like you. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Quilter Circle Podcast. I'm Ashley Huff, and today we have two special guests, Heather and Daisy, and I'm going to let them introduce themselves. So Heather, why don't we start with you? Hi, I'm Heather Black, and um, I'm really excited to be here and talking with Ashley, and I'm currently a quilter, a modern quilter in Spokane, Washington. Perfect, perfect. Now, Daisy, what about you? Well, I'm Daisy Ashahaug, or actually, there are two ways to say my last name. It's Norwegian, and the Norwegian way is Oskahaug, and I have started using that a little bit more in the last two years because my family and I moved from the U.S. to Norway in 2017. Oh, wow. I wasn't going to actually put this out there, but now that you mentioned, you know, there's different pronunciations to your name, that's why I was having you both introduce yourself is because I didn't think I could pronounce yours. So (laughs) (laughs) You're very clever. (laughs) Yes. Perfect. Awesome. Well, so you guys wrote a book together or co-authored a book. And so obviously I want to talk about that and I want to talk about modern quilting and how you guys got into it. But I kind of want to start at the very beginning with how you got started in quilting, and if you remember, who taught you? So whoever wants to answer first, go ahead and jump in. Oh, I can go first. So I started quilting for real in 2011, but before that I'd had little dips and dabs into quilting, and I think it started for me when I was a little girl. I had a baby blanket, and it was a quilt, and I love that thing to pieces, literally. It's just a ball of rags. I still have it. Mm So I've always had kind of a warm spot for quilts. And when I got to high school, I took some home ec classes. And that's where I learned how to actually use a sewing machine. And my sister got pregnant. And so I made her daughter. It's hard to say it's a quilt. But I made something that resembled a quilt for her. (laughs) And didn't quilt again. But then when I went to college, I had house mother and she had a quilting class Mm -hmm. and she was teaching us how to hand quilt and I didn't have a thimble so I gave that up that was in just so you know the time frame that was like in 1995 so there's a long spell before I actually jumped into modern quilting in 2011 gotcha okay well we're glad that you did (laughs) of course (laughs) okay and then what about you Well, when I was growing up, I knew my mom did this thing called quilting, but I didn't really pay close attention. And Mm -hmm. uh, she would go to meetings and classes, and there were these things called the Bama Bells. I grew up in Alabama. And quilting was big for her, but it was definitely not on my radar at all. And then I didn't even get her to teach me how to use a sewing machine at a young age. But fast forward until I was about 30, and I wanted to make a quilt for a friend of mine who was having a baby. And my mom helped me with an I Spy quilt. And, you know, it, it, uh, I had some some heavy guidance on that. So it turned out pretty well, despite, uh, you know, me not really knowing very much. But after that, uh, after I learned how to thread the machine and cut out my squares <laughs> consistently, I got more and more excited about quilting. I did a couple of treats with my mom and then eventually got into modern quilting kind of around 2012 or 13. Perfect. So you both have mentioned it and uh, obviously your book that's coming out is called Quilt Modern Curves and Bold Stripes. So you both mentioned that you got into modern quilting and I 
think that's something that, I mean, I personally probably have a different definition of what I think modern quilting is, even maybe compared to you guys. So how do you define modern quilting? When I give talks on what modern quilting is, it's really hard to define for people because they tend to go to the, I know it when I see it. So what I do, and this is not, not at all a strict definition, but just to sort of guide people, I bring them back to modern art. And most people can look or conjure an idea of what modern art is in their head without having to actually see it in front of them. Mm-hmm. And I basically tell them that if the quilt looks like it would be at home in a modern art museum, go ahead and consider that modern. And since modern art itself is so broad yeah, that I think that that really kind of covers a lot of what modern quilts look like. Mm-hmm. And like I said, a lot of people can conjure a picture of modern art in their head, but have a harder time with a quilt. So I kind of try to connect the two that way. Gotcha. It makes sense. And I like that you say you see it in your head before you can really figure out words to describe it. Because I think that's true for everybody. They're going to have that picture and then not really have a good way to describe it. But you definitely can recognize it if you see it. I loved all of that. The thing that I would add is that for me, I got very excited about quilting when I went to the first quilt con and when I attended my first modern quilt guild meetings. Mm -hmm. So the things that I saw there inspired me to begin making my own projects. And since then, I have felt like the designs that I have made have been received by what are considered modern magazines and Mm -hmm. modern shows, modern categories. So I don't even know that I can define modern, but I suppose I call myself modern because everybody else seems to think that I am. Does that make sense? As long as everyone's in agreement, I think we're good. (laughs) Yeah. At least the voices in my head all agree. And like, Daisy said, QuiltCon is an excellent source. I mean, it's if if there's any questions, just go and Google quilts from QuiltCon, and that will give you a really huge range of what will fall into a modern category. Perfect. And that was actually going to be my next follow-up question was, if someone is not familiar with QuiltCon or has never been, never heard of it, what is it? In a nutshell, I don't know how, how long of a description you, you need to describe what QuiltCon is, but just kind of give us an idea of what it is. It is an all- modern quilt quilt show so most quilt shows will have categories some quilt shows have a modern quilt category and this quilt show is all modern quilts and it's the only international juried modern quilt show and it's open for modern quilt guild members to submit to and have their quilts displayed and there are workshops and vendors and uh, lots of opportunities to meet other people who are also modern quilt enthusiasts. So it's a it's a big, well-rounded event. Perfect. Now, I don't want to assume anything, but is this how you guys met or how did you meet? I internet stalked Heather. That's how Ooh. we met. <laughs> I like it. Um, Yes, yes, we did. And uh, Heather and I noticed quickly that we had a similar style. And, you know, a lot of people put in their bio on Instagram where they live. And I love that. I love thinking about places around the world and knowing where people are from. And my, uh, my family almost moved to Eastern Washington. And as we were 
in the process of figuring out where we would go, I messaged Heather and asked her about the quilt scene in Eastern Washington, if there were lots of people who were excited about modern quilts, if there were opportunities to be social and meet other people. And so we began talking back and forth after that and sharing stories of, I mean, I, I used to live just over the Idaho border in, uh, in Montana. And so we both had um, lots of things to talk about. Perfect. Perfect. Do you have anything to add on the other side of that about being stalked? <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't feel like I was being stalked, <laughs> but it was very great that she reached out to me. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed the conversations we had and we did finally meet in person at a quilt con. So oh, that Good. quilt con did get mixed in there, but yeah, that's when we decided to do the book was when we met in person at, at quilt con 2017, Daisy? Or eight. I think it was 17 18. or 18. Well, that was, you guys are kind of stealing my next follow-up question here too. Was it be, it was going to be how the idea of the book came about. If one of you had it over the other and just was like, Hey, I think we should do this. Or was it just kind of in conversation, it came up and you well, went from there. I met Daisy. She had got in on a later flight and she was coming in through the registration area. And it was within, I don't know, Daisy it was like 10 minutes or something or before five minutes she was like I feel like we should do a book (laughs) so that's how it happened and then I did some she was teaching a lot so I did some footwork and got a business card from Roxanne at CNT and that's how how that kind of all came about was at QuiltCon. And so it was Daisy's, Daisy's idea. Oh, perfect. Well, I love it. <laughs> well, so then for somebody who's listening, who goes to QuiltCon or has a connection similar, wants to maybe do sort of the same thing. How do you take, hi, let's write a book and turn it into actually writing a book? Well, um, you know, Heather mentioned that she did a lot of the groundwork with uh, figuring out the publisher. I think there are a couple of things that you need to square away. You know, you need to have an idea. You need to figure out how you want to publish, if you want to go with a publisher, if you want to self-publish. I think what I would advise is to just talk to lots of people who have written books and get an understanding of the process so that uh, you hear from a lot of different people how it went and can make a a good decision. Perfect. Okay. So since we've talked a lot about writing the book, what is the book? I know I said the name, but um, go ahead and say it again. What is the book? What is it about? Um, And what can people expect if they pick up a copy? Our book is Quilt Modern Curves and Bold Stripes. And it really focuses on integrating those two design elements. And both Daisy and I love doing that because it adds movement and depth to the quilts. It just really makes them dynamic. But we've also, in the book, we have 15 different projects. Mm -hmm. And each of the projects has an option to either piece your stripes or use printed stripes. Mm -hmm. And so you can vary what kind of effort and skill you want to put into your project. Oh, I like that. Did you want to add anything else, Daisy? Uh, No, I think she nailed it. Although it might not be that every quilt, maybe all of Heather's, there are a couple of mine that don't lend themselves well to using prints, or I don't have instructions for using prints. But I believe that I have four quilts in the books that have the dual option. And I love that dual option because I think it adds so much versatility. And if you are really, really excited about matching your stripes and focusing on kind of some fun sort of quilt hurdles, Mm -hmm. like um, 
you know, like running a race hurdles, these challenges. I think it can be really fun to dig in. Or if you just want to relax and make something quickly, there are some easy projects in there too. So I love the diversity of designs and the diversity of challenges that we have in this book. Yeah, I love that too. I definitely love the for all skill levels part. And I, I like that you mentioned make something quickly because not that you're saying one is just, you know, super easy, but it's also people love quick projects. You both mentioned that you've made baby quilts in the past. And that's sort of, I think everyone's favorite quick and easy. They need a last minute baby shower gift. Let's make a baby quilt. So having a a fun option like this is, is something I think that's great to add too. I love it. Speaking of fabric, do you find, I guess, back up, have either of you ever done what you would consider a very traditional quilt pattern, whether you've designed it or just made one on your own? Yes. Nope. I know I have. (laughs) You haven't done a traditional quilt? I don't think I have. No, that's not true. Yes, I have. I, yes, I made a, um, a granny square with a twist for fat quarter shop for a fat quarter shop challenge years ago. That was traditional, I guess ish (laughs) sort of. (laughs) Perfect. So I was going to ask how you approach fabric selection differently for a modern quilt, modern quilt pattern versus a very traditional pattern, or if you do it all. I don't at all. I I don't know if it's different. Yeah, I I think that the way I approach fabric selection is what's my goal? Mm-hmm. And if my goal is to keep it minimal and to match my design 100%, then I'm going to, you know, stick with a solid or or like a dyed fabric, something that's really close to a solid. Mm-hmm. But if my goal Say I want to add something that might look like it's improv piece, but I don't want an improv piece. Then I might grab something that's more of a larger print that you can cut up and get that feel from. Mm -hmm. So for me, it has a lot to do with what my design goal is when choosing fabric. Gotcha. That makes sense. I thought of another traditional quilt I did, and it was Tales of Cloths, Red Sky at Night blocks. I made a quilt um, for a charity thing and it was very traditional, but the colors were still really bold and it was using a lot of fabric from manufacturers that are often categorized as 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 modern. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, I don't, I'm not as calculated maybe as Heather. I think for me, it's either instinctive or impulsive. I think a lot about color, but as far as the other stuff goes, I don't know. I just use what I like. Yeah. I like it. That was just a, a random thought that popped into my head. It, even looking at, cause I have um, a magazine here that has cover of your book. And I was noticing that a lot of the fabrics were solids. And so I was just wondering if that was going to somehow come up in in that answer of that question. And it kind of did. So I like it. Yeah. I like solids and I like fabric that reads as solids. Occasionally I'll use some wild prints, but I do gravitate a lot more towards them. Um, I'm not, I just like them. Perfect. (laughs) There's no surprises with solids for sure. (laughs) That is true. And no, like getting your print upside down or going the wrong direction or anything like that. Uh, So do you have, do either of you have a favorite thing that you like to make, a favorite block or a favorite unit, a favorite part of something that you find yourself 
either gravitating towards as in always putting it in a certain design or always wanting to make anything along those lines? I think for me, it's the quarter circle square. Mm -hmm. There is something about that building block that just makes me want to, I, I use it all the time. I like to play with them just like a child would play with actual building blocks. I like to mm -hmm. try out what it can do. And I have I've thought about it a lot. What is it about this thing that I love so much? And I honestly can't come up with an answer other than it just resonates so deeply within me. My passion for that curve is just, mm -hmm. it surprises me how much I love it, but I do. So <laughs> good. Good. And I would be the same. I really love that quarter circle shape. And mm -hmm. I just think that anything you can do with a square, you can do with the quarter circle, but that curve gives you so, you know, it's so dynamic that it offers just mm -hmm. so much more for your eye to see. And it is just fun to play with. And I feel like the combinations of the positive and negative space with that quarter circle block is a lot more diverse than if you're just using hard angles. And so it's just, yeah, it's just like what Daisy said. There's just something about it that's fun to play with. And I'm surprised by by how different the designs can be just by using that one that one unit. Yeah, absolutely. So is that something you would find? Again, I'm going to reference back to traditional piecing just because, well, if I'm being honest, that's what I do most of the time. But because there is always that curved element, and I know a lot of times people who stick to traditional quilts and traditional quilt patterns find curves intimidating or they try to avoid them. Did you guys ever run into that or did you just kind of dive headfirst and, you know, curves were no problem or how did you kind of tackle that? I remember seeing a friend at a retreat. Uh, this was the kind of retreat where people bring their own projects. And I remember seeing my friend Jen sew these curves and she sewed them without pins, without glue. She just put them through the machine and she was so happy doing it. And mm -hmm. I think it was after that, that I made, that I did my first curves. And even though I use glue now to baste the two pieces together before I sew them. My first quilt with curves, I did not. Uh, it's a little bit slower for me when I don't use any kind of basting, but that's what I did. And it worked out beautifully. And I think I just got lucky that first time and had, uh, had such success that I just stuck with it. So, mm -hmm. um, I also, without that traditional background, I didn't know that I was supposed to avoid curves. I saw someone else do it and I thought, okay, this is a thing that people do. And so I did it. All right. Perfect. I just sort of jumped right into curves. I think I saw, when I started really quilting in 2011, I just saw quilts I liked and I was on, well, I was sort of the ignorance is bliss sort of <laughs> situation mm -hmm. where I just looked at it and was like, I can do that. And I just tried. Yeah. And so it was good that I didn't overthink it. I just kind of jumped in and tried. And the more I sewed them, the easier it got. And it's just like any other piecing, the more you do it, the faster you can do it and the more comfortable you're with it, with it. So yeah, absolutely. I don't know. And I mean, I, yeah. I know I said that I, that curves are definitely more modern than traditional, but they do exist in traditional piecing, right? Yeah. Absolutely. I love some of those older quilts that use 
the quarter circle square or uh, the drunkard's mm-hmm. path, which can be sort of a slightly different shape. But, you know, there are times when I think of this design element and I think I'm so clever and I'm so amazing and this is wonderful. And then I look around and realize this has been done many times over. You know, somebody did it back in the 1800s and this is not anything new. So I, I love that. My favorite vintage quilts are those ones that that have some element of the quarter circle square. That's perfect. And I, I know you've, you've, you've referenced now quarter circle square a couple times. And it's something where if you are listening right now and you don't know what she's talking about, as soon as you see it, so as soon as you, you know, we ha- we're going to get bios on, on both of these ladies. And so you can go uh, and look at any of their work on their websites and you're going to immediately be like, oh, that's what it is. And it's one of those where I didn't know it had a specific name. Like I just, I know it's a thing and I know I've seen it, but I didn't know that it had a name. <laughs> yeah. I I think that the drunkard's path tends to have more background space behind the curve. And the mm-hmm. curve is often not an exact circle. And the reason is, is that if a curve is slightly, oh, I'm not sure mathematically how to say this, but the steeper the curve, the harder it is to to get it to lie flat and be accurate. So mm-hmm. that drunkard's path is just a little bit easier, but the quarter circle square is is also easy. So I don't want to turn anyone away from that. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, and I, ha- I thought of the other, I have my little notes here in front of me. The other follow-up question I was had for you was that you mentioned that you... Uh, glue based. And I was wondering why you glue over pins, if that's something that you've just always done, or if you have a specific reason why glue works better for curves. Ah, so um, I, <laughs> let's see, the first time I didn't use anything. And then I know that Jen Carlton Bailey and Mel- Melanie Toison from Melaniatic, both of them mm-hmm. you glued curves. And it just goes so much faster. It's it's very accurate. And I find that when I pin, I still have to take a little bit of a slower time through the machine. But when I glue, I can go quickly through the machine. Gotcha. I'm, I'm curious about it. I'm going to have to try it because I am... I am what you would consider borderline over pinner. Like I love pins and I have like a specific pin. It's the only one I like to use and I use lots of them all the time. And I've, I've always used pins for curves and I'm going to have to give it a try to just see, see how it goes. Right. And you know, at some point it just becomes, you know, whatever your habit is tends to be what you'll continue with and gluing became my habit. But when I teach, when I teach sewing curves, I show all three approaches. And I remember I was very surprised. I sat down in in one of my first teaching workshops and I knew I was going to demonstrate sewing the curve without using any pins or any glue. And I thought it was not going to go well. And I was so surprised when it it worked perfectly. I ended up, um, you know, matching the the fabrics on both ends. I didn't have any any end hanging out further than the other. The seam laid flat, mm-hmm. and you know, same with pins. Uh, I think once you sew so many curves, it, in the end, it kind of doesn't matter which which style you use. It's all going to be pretty right. much the same. Yeah, and no one's going to know right once you're done. Right, you're done. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Well, so that's perfect. Well, so Heather, do you have? a preference on gluing or pinning or not using either and just holding them together when you're doing curves? I actually pin. I really, um, 
I do almost everything above any curve above three inches. I do with three pins, one Mm -hmm. in the middle and then one on either end. And Mm -hmm. I like to, I like that because I can do it as I'm sitting at the sewing machine and I just kind of chain piece the curves that way, just as you would straight piecing. But yeah, I'm definitely a pinner. And then I, if the curve is under three inches, I'll use five pins and I don't really enjoy pinning or sewing curves under three inches so I don't do that a lot, but that's kind of my rule of thumb. The smaller the curve, the more pins you need. Yeah. I pin like every quarter of an inch on anything. I'm an avid over <laughs> but everything's always lined up. So I'm going to go with it. Perfect. I love it. So uh, a question to both of you, and it could be about modern quilting, traditional quilting, any kind of quilting, but what is something that you would say to somebody who is just getting into quilting, whatever their style may be? Don't worry about being like someone else. I think that it's important to, like you said, whatever their style may be, just be the style you like best and which represents you best. And don't worry about comparing yourself to other quilters. Everyone's at different stages in how well they quilt in their, uh, you know, creative journey as a quilter. And I think that I think that first time quilters can get hung up on not being as good as the person next to them when if as long as they're improving on themselves that's what they should focus on I don't know that I have advice for anyone I think I am probably a little more apt to say hey can we sew together and hang out um if somebody is excited about quilting because I love I love talking about quilting I love actually quilting I don't I mean there's so many different things that you can do within quilting, whether it's for a business or whether it's for a hobby. I don't know that I could presume, I mean, I'd have to know what somebody's goal was if they wanted advice on how to achieve it. So Mm -hmm. if you tell me you're new to quilting, I'm going to say, let's hang out. Yeah. And I love it. And just sharing your passion for it, kind of going full circle back to the first time you said you saw somebody sewing a curve and she just did it and no problem. And like seeing somebody have ease and confidence in something, I think yeah. helps yeah. somebody else feel that same way, like relaxed about starting a new hobby. So I like that. For both of you, um, do you have a sort of best quilting tip that you have learned or picked up along the way? I think my best tip is that there's no one way to do anything. Mm-hmm. There's, there's, there are so many different ways to be able to accomplish whatever the right thing is. Um, so, you know, you can press your seams open or close depending on what you want to do. You can use pins or you can use glue depending on your design preference. You can protect your points or you can let them go into the seam allowance. And, and mm-hmm. um, I think that I would just tell people to relax. It's not... Um, you know, relax and have fun and, and figure out what you like. So yeah, absolutely. And you're going to end up with a guaranteed at least one or two that you don't like, and that's fine. (laughs) We just use those as learning experiences. And we even had um, someone else who likes to call those there. I forgot her exact words, but the kind of quilt where if you need a quilt to go through it, when you're going to go have a picnic and sit on the grass, like you're okay with that. 
you know, so every, every quilt has a purpose. Absolutely. Yeah. I have a, I have one of those actually, and it is in fact a picnic quilt and I love to hold it up during lectures and workshops to show people that I have quilts where my curves were not perfect Mm -hmm. and they were not precise and it, it's still a really fun quilt and, um, yeah, they're, they're just, there's so many ways to go about things. It's wonderful. It's it's one of the reasons I love quilting. Yes, absolutely. Well, so what about you, Heather? Do you have a best quilting tip that you've learned? Well, it's a good quilting tip, but I actually learned it when I was working at McDonald's. And it's kind of funny, but it's clean as you go. And I just found that that really helps me get through a project without getting pieces lost and I don't, it was just a good tip for me to carry over into quilting Mm -hmm. and keeping what I'm working on organized without having to stop in the middle of creating something and trying to fish for that one tool or that one stack of blocks I just cut. And so that's kind of, you know, it it wasn't exactly a quilting tip, but it's definitely a tip that I carried over into quilting. That's perfect. That's probably something if my husband were listening, he would say that, that I need to do, you know, like, you will not enter my sewing room during a project. Cause I, I don't clean. So like there's scraps everywhere. And then it's sort of a, a ceremonial I'll clean up after a project. And that signifies the start of a new one. <laughs> so, but maybe I should use your tip. <laughs> Perfect. Um, well, so to sort of come full circle with where you guys started, how you got into quilting, how you met, how you've, you know, wrote this book, Uh, To end with, what are you guys up to now? Well, I just, very exciting, finished writing a second book that um, because of the way the process goes, won't be out for another year. But I'm very excited Mm -hmm. about the second book. And it's different than what I've done with Daisy, but it should be, yeah, it's going to be really good. I teach classes right now kind of on what the second book's on. It has a lot more to do with the design side of quilting. And then, of course, Daisy... And I'm both teaching at quilt cons. That's awesome. Well, I say I, I, the way you're kind of mentioning it, I'm assuming you can't say a whole lot about what's in the book yet. So we're just going to have to have you back on closer to when you can say more about it. That sounds good. <laughs> That's perfect. Okay, deal. And and uh, aside from QuiltCon coming up, Daisy, what are you working on? Well, I'm teaching a lot more. My schedule for the rest of the year is filling up, and I'm super excited about that. I'm teaching both curves, and I'm also teaching uh, several hand-stitched classes on a <laughs> method that's based on bojagi, a traditional Korean style of patchwork. I like to do this hand-sewing patchwork with mm-hmm. some big thread and uh, you just have to see pictures of it and, and feel it in person. Um, it's it's a lot of fun. And it's in the works. I am um, talking with the European Patchwork Meeting. I believe that I will have a solo exhibition of uh, many of my magazine and book quilts, but also um, seven new large pieces that I proposed and I'm so excited about um, in France in September of this year. So, oh, wow. yeah. Oh, wow. that's exciting. Awesome. Well, all of this, so again, I mentioned that we're going to get bios for both of you. So I definitely want links to all of these things. So if um, people are interested in seeing and knowing everything that you guys have going on right now, um, that they can easily um, access both of you guys. So we'll be sure to have that. And I want to thank you both so much for uh, taking the time to to chat with me um, and talk all about quilting in general and of course, modern quilting. So thank you so much. Thank you for having us, Ashley. Of course.
Yes, thank you. It was fun.